Welcome to a brand new episode of the All Hoops Podcast, your go-to home for all things basketball. I'm your host, Steve Inman, and as always, I'm joined by producer to the stars, extremely great co-host, Chris Brito. The NBA Finals are here, and we'll discuss the keys for each team, and we'll make our picks. Before we get to all that, Chris, my friend, how are you? Hey, Stevie, we finally made it to the NBA Finals, and I can't wait to see what happens at the end of this one. It's a shame that Giannis is injured, but I think it's going to be a it's, it's going to be a good one either way. I expect Giannis to come back at some point in the series, but right now it seems like the Suns are the overwhelming favorites just because they're really healthy. Uh, I think I think off the top, the the Suns have been have been playing really have been executing really well on a team level. You know, you've had Great performances from Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and 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 Aiton. So it, it'll be interesting to see how the Bucks respond with their two stars and Drew Holiday and Middleton. What what are your yeah. thoughts uh, heading into Tuesday's uh, first game one? I would say this is one of the weirder NBA final teams in the Milwaukee Bucks I've ever seen. Like they they're not coached well. You know they're they're down their star player who may or may not be ready to go and at the same time the Middleton Drew Holiday duo have played much better when Giannis has been out so it's very weird to see what's going on I don't really know what to expect from this team what kind of Drew Holiday are you getting what kind of Chris Middleton are you getting but at the end of the day Chris I don't think this team really has a chance without Giannis Adetokounmpo he's doubtful for game one and this is something you brought up you know a month ago on our shows that injuries are way up and it's because of the shortened season and I said you can't really prove that it, it's too it's too early. You don't know, and I'm going to give you credit there because look, mm-hmm. these injuries are out of control, Chris. And it seems like the healthier team throughout this is going to win. And I'm concerned because for one, it really takes away from this NBA playoffs. And two, next year's off season, next year's season is going to have a shorter off season than this one did. So are we going to see this stuff again? And even like load management, Chris, like with a Kawhi, did not seem to help at all. No, and I think the compressed schedules isn't is an issue uh, that the players raised up uh, back when they were talking about um, getting the season back together. You know, obviously some of them um, raised the issue, but ultimately that's not what they decided on. But point being, with with a team like the Bucks, you know, the one thing that I think Buck fan, Bucks fans can take solace is, solace in is that Drew Holiday. Um, improved a lot at, after Giannis's injury. I thought we saw a, a new side to or well, a new quote-unquote side to him that we haven't seen in this playoff run, which I think could 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 be a sign of optimism for that team moving forward. You know, say you lose game 1 against against the Bucks, let's say you get Giannis back and then with the improved play of Drew Holiday, you know, who knows. So so that's my question to you, Chris. So let's just say you get that Drew Holiday you saw in games five and six. You get a high-level Chris Middleton, and Giannis comes back at, say, 80% for, mm-hmm. let's say, games two and, and beyond. Is that enough right. for the Bucks to take this series? I just think that we can't count out the Bucks, um 
considering you know they have they have pretty good pieces there and players that know their role and I wonder how much it hasn't affected them yet but I wonder how much youth will impact this Suns team a lot of the a lot of the, the playmakers you know Booker Aiton they're still on the finals run they haven't really been struck by any sort of nervousness but I wonder how being on this big of a stage will impact them so that's that to me is something that I keep my eye my eye out on for the for the Suns, where you just assume that they're going to play well just because they have been playing well, and the Bucks have been a little bit more tested. So if 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 the Bucks are going to pull off an upset, I'd probably say tonight will be uh, Tuesday night will be the night, and if Giannis comes back, they can probably get another game. I think the series ends in six games with the Suns taking taking it, but. You know, if Giannis comes back, I think the Suns will have a lot of problems defending a guy like him. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily think Aiton is a guy who could guard someone like Giannis, and he presents a lot of problems that I don't think the Suns have faced before. You know, you faced, you faced, you faced an injured LeBron, you faced a Nikola Jokic with no help, and you faced an injured Clippers, an injured Clippers team. So even in that run, they haven't faced. Um, a full a full force team that could really reckon with them like the Bucks can if Giannis comes back. Yeah, no, I think that's all great points. And you you brought up the uh, the lack of Finals experience. The only guy on either side with a Finals appearance to his name is is uh, Crowder. So I really believe that that could be something that could affect both teams. It's you don't know what what they're going through mentally, how they're feeling about this, like the stage is obviously bigger, right, in the NBA Finals. But, you know, these were guys who played really big moments and had big, you know, moments in the conference finals. Is it really that big of a difference? I don't know. I think it probably is. You know, you have that big, you know, finals logo on there. The crowd is going nuts. Every reporter is there. It's going to be really interesting to see how that affects. Uh, As you said, um, if Giannis comes back, I think they could take an extra game. I'm going to take the Suns in five. I just don't believe. This Bucks team is really, you know, equipped for something like this. There's not enough shooting here for me. And they're going to need Middleton and Drew Holiday to play out of their mind, which they're very capable of doing. But I just haven't seen it on a consistent basis to tell them they could beat this number one seeded, or was it they finished two, the two-seeded Sun team? Here's my thing. It's like I'm afraid that what we've been seeing for the Suns, and like we've been seeing a mirage, right? Like we, you know. Which might be true. It Reggie, might be true. Reggie, I don't think this Bucks like, team we, is the one that's going to stop them. Listen, we this Clippers team, as gritty as they were, their second best player, or even their best player, was Reggie Jackson. Paul George had one really good game, and yet the Clippers really pushed this series longer than it should have. You know, the Suns get credit for. Yeah, no, I think the, that's fair. The, the Nuggets get, I mean, the Suns get credit for sweeping the Nuggets, but let's face it, like, Nikola Jokic was the only threat on that team. The Lakers were injured. You know, even LeBron James at 60% can't, couldn't lift the carcasses on that Lakers roster without Anthony Davis. So, and then you compare that with the Bucks run where, okay, yeah, they faced an injured Nets team, but Kevin Durant is better than any player the Suns faced this offseason. 
at this play this playoff run. The Bucks yeah, no, also, I, I think that's a good point. The Bucks exercised demons by defeating the Heat, and even the Hawks. Like the Hawks could be maybe could be the anomaly. I, I, we talked about it a little bit off 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 air, but even the the Hawks team they they were they were a pesky bunch, you know. So for sure, I I wonder how much what we saw against the Suns was just. Um, just being lucky and fortunate of, of what the opponents were facing in the matchups compared to the Bucks, who may have had a grittier way to the finals. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just like a series like this, like it's, to me, it's going to come a lot down to coaching, which I never really say in the NBA is that important, but I feel like in this series it's going to be very important because all of a sudden you're talking about a guy like, how do we play with Giannis? How do we play without Giannis? How do we defend Giannis? How do we defend without Giannis there? I think there's going to be a lot of adjustments as he comes in and out of the lineup. And I trust Monty Williams and the Suns coaching staff a lot more than coach Bud and the Milwaukee Bucks, because you've seen it throughout this where the Bucks just have a really tough time making adjustments where the Suns, and I feel like Monty Williams has been one of the better coaches in the league the last few years, especially this year. So I think, you know, if, if it's one, one, I trust the Suns to be able to make more adjustments going into Milwaukee for game three than I would uh, uh, than I would for the Milwaukee Bucks. So it's going to be interesting to see that. And my perfect example of that is, you know, Giannis gets hurt in game five and the and the Bucks just start bullying their way through the paint. They're attacking with Brooke Lopez and they're getting everything they want in the paint. And then in game six, I guess they just were like, okay, they might be onto us. Let's not try that again. And you're, you see them just lagging along the first half and eventually they went back to it and they won the game. But at the same time, that's not going to work against the Suns team. If they don't make smart decisions, the Suns are going to beat them. You know, they have elite three-point shooting. They have Chris Paul who can pick them apart. And you know we're good for two 40-point Devin Booker games in the series. So I like the Suns in five. I think it should be a fun series. And it's nice to see new teams in there, Chris. You know, we're going to see either Giannis get his first ring or we're going to see Chris Paul get his first ring. And that is awesome to see. Okay. So let's assume the Suns win right now. They uh, bet MG, MGM has MGM has Chris Paul and Devin Booker as favorites to get the finals MVP. Who do you think will get it? Oh, I think the narrative is already decided. It's Chris Paul. If Chris Paul is healthy for mm -hmm. all these games, I think he will get the MVP and it's going to be this, you know, gets to the finals for the first time in his 16-year career, and he maps off his Hall of Fame resume, and I think that's already decided I would take that to the bank. <laughs> okay, fine then. The only um, way he doesn't get it is if he gets hurt and he doesn't play, which is also a or, possibility. Or if Devin Booker scores 30-plus points every Like To me, Devin year. Booker has to outplay him significantly to get that award. Okay, fair enough. Fair All right, Chris, okay. let's, let's move on to the, uh, the two teams that just lost us. We just mentioned them briefly, the Clippers and the Hawks. Obviously, both had very long, impressive playoff runs, but injuries are a big factor in why they're going home in six games. So my question to you is, will either of these teams go further in the playoffs next season? Short answer, I think the Clippers have a better chance of moving up. I think they're a lot more... I think there are a lot more question marks in terms of the West um, compared to the East, but you could argue the East, you know, with the Nets and the Sixers. 
I just think that a lot more teams that weren't in the playoffs or weren't like really contenders this year, like the Celtics and the Raptors will be, will be back where they were two years or they were last year and the year before that. So that's one. And then the wet in terms of the Clippers roster, you know, the Clippers roster basically show that you have enough here to get to the Western conference finals, even without Kawhi. I think you get Kawhi and this is a different conversation. I think you get Kawhi and then this is more about how, you know, the Clippers plan has finally come to fruition. So this year, the upcoming year will be a, a very decisive time for the for the Clippers in terms of, you know, th- whether this, this project worked or not. And in terms of the Hawks, really quick. Yeah. The Hawks are, are, are feeling – I think their rebuild has been fascinating to watch. Um, their GM, Travis uh, Schlenk, I believe. Travis Schlenk. Um, yeah, he's been building that team – gradually and efficiently with he has paired the right types of players around Trey Young. I don't like the fit of John Collins there, but I, I can see why they want to resign him. And Travis has pointed out that he's going to resign him or plan to. They, they're probably missing an, a, a real number two. Bogdanovich has played well. He played well in the Knicks as we know. He, he played well against the Knicks as we know. They, I, I believe they need a solid number two, and I don't think uh, Werder, where either, you know, Werder or Bogdan are that are those guys. And I think that if teams are figuring out that if you really if you crowd Trey, and your other guys aren't shooting the three well, then the Hawks are done. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. And as you said, I do believe the Clippers have a much better chance to get back here or further next season because they're going to have Kawhi Leonard probably. And I say probably because you don't really know what's going on in his head. There's rumors that he's upset with the medical staff. This is not the first time this has happened with him on a team. And the last time this happened, he wanted out. And now he's going to be a free agent. And, you know, Miami has stolen superstar MVP candidates before. They'll probably do it again. I would look out there. I think he goes back to the Clippers, but that's the place you need to go look. And Without Kawhi Leonard, this team is a not going back to the conference finals. I know they did it this year mostly without Kawhi Leonard, but at the same time, I just don't buy it. And let's just say he comes back. How healthy is he going to be? You know, we don't even know what his injury is, something with his ACL. Is he going to miss all of next year? Is he going to miss part of the year? Can you trust him to be healthy in a big spot? And then you're also talking about Paul George, who – has been very injury plagued throughout his career. The one year he wasn't was when everybody else got hurt. So now we kind of forgot about that. So now it's like, can you count on these two guys to be healthy? I don't know if you can. So that's why I'm not going to pick them to get back to the conference finals. And as for the Hawks, just, I think that it took a lot of breaks for them to get where they were, which included a Philly meltdown. They played a, a, a Nick team that is, is still growing let's say. And so wow, that's like the, that's not how you described it two days ago to me on July 4th. I mean, you know, they just, they just didn't have enough offense. They were overmatched. They were simply overmatched. And so the Hawks did a good job of surrounding Trey with shooters. And I think that's a great way to do it. And as you said, what's the next move? How do they get that number two guy? And I wonder if they can trade John Collins, who's a restricted free agent, can they get some like a pick back or something like that? And then use that also, pick and future picks to go get a better player. 
Also, what does the number two on the Hawks even look like? I, I'm I'm trying to think of a player. It, it would have to look like a Paul George type. Yeah, a wing. Um, a wing, but I'm not sure who that would be. Yeah, no, that's definitely a great question. Uh, I, I can't even think of who would be a seller this summer because you don't really sell your star players until they say, okay, get me out of here. Maybe and someone like really Tobias know Harris. No? I don't know if Philly will want to trade him. I mean, I think the guy they're going to want to trade is Simmons. And I don't like his fit with that roster because I, I need a guy who could score. But it's very interesting to see. I think Kawhi Leonard goes back to the Clippers, and I think John Collins moves on from the Hawks, and they replace him with somebody else. So it'll be interesting to see how those both go. Um, but either way, whether they get back to the conference finals next year or not, I certainly think it's a bright future for both. That's for sure. I mean, look look at look at Kem Reddish and uh, his name is – They did all this without DeAndre Hunter. And DeAndre – sorry, DeAndre Hunter. Those two guys coming back, man, that Hawks team has a bright, bright future ahead of them. Like, for sure. For sure. All right, Chris, let's get to our final thoughts right after this. Okay, Chris, final thoughts time. Olympic basketball is just around the corner. Team USA, as always, has a loaded roster. I want you to tell me why I should care. Well, it's in terms of your patriotic duty to, to root for the team that is giving you – through for the country has given you so many it, opportunities. It, let me tell you why I don't really care right now because that makes sense. But it's okay. just like I think <laughs> they're going to blow out all these teams by thirty points. I don't think it's going to be good basketball, okay. and I'm maybe, not, I'm maybe, not interested in that. Maybe the question we should be asking is that: Is there any team that could be a for, that could be a potential could could end up costing Team USA a gold medal? For me, the only team. That, that is even capable of that. And just because I think Luke is probably better Slovenia. than everybody is Slovenia. That's the yeah. only body. No, I, mean, I think that's a good point. Cause you're talking about can Luca by himself steal a game against an all-star team. I don't think it's crazy to think he good. <laughs> I mean, he's done it. He's done it to, to, to teams in the regular season and he almost beat the Clippers by himself. Right. Like, I'm probably going to watch these games. We're probably going to watch these games. But at the same time, it's like the, the finals going on. I think the finals are going to be a lot more competitive than this Olympic team. Well, the Olympics won't start till later on this month. But I, For sure. I think that, I think that um, Slovenia would be an inch. It's, a, it's also a shame um, RJ Barrett in Canada will make it. Um, that would have been another one nice, nice one to see. Anyway. Um, I I know, I know. At least for me, I, it's always fun watching those games because you just see how much better you, Team USA is than everybody else. Yeah, it, it really is crazy for sure, and um, it's always one of those things where it's like, oh, Carmelo never won a ring, or this guy never won a ring, but at least he got his gold medal, and everyone kind of really? like, yeah, like all right, whatever. But I think if these games were more competitive, I think mm -hmm. that would be held to a higher standard that would be a more impressive feat but because the idea is like you could literally put any player in the nba as like the eighth guy seventh guy on this roster and they're going to win a gold medal that's why i don't really view it too much but at the same time it you know it's i'd rather have this kind of basketball than no basketball this summer so it should be interesting to see at the very least lastly chris before we wrap this up there's a rumor going around that the sixers were offered malcolm brogdon and a first for ben simmons and if that's true why the heck did they not take that Honestly, I don't, I don't think that would have been a good enough offer for someone like Simmons. As great as 
Brogdon is, he is a piece. But I don't know if a piece like him would really make a difference with the Sixers. Um, I think the first-round pick would have been enticing, though, because that you could have flipped over for a trade asset. Um, I think the Sixers were right in waiting. But as we have seen with the Sixers, they missed out on a chance of getting James Harden to keep Simmons. Which was a bad move. Which was a bad, was a bad move. move. I think I think even in retrospect, I would have done that trade just because James Harden fits better with that Sixers team anyway than Simmons ever would. Yeah, no, it's very interesting because I feel like they're overvaluing Simmons a lot because we talked about it before the show. If if Ben Simmons was a free agent today, would he get a four-year, $140 million deal? And that's how much money mm-hmm. he has left on his contract. And we were both kind of like, Maybe, not too sure. So it's like, could you get somebody to take that contract and get a first-round pick and get an all-star in Malcolm Brogdon? I feel like it's a no-brainer you do it if that was actually on the table. It makes you better in the future with that first-round pick. It makes you better now with Malcolm Brogdon, and you get off the Simmons deal, which I think, yes, is a positive asset overall. But like to me, like if you could get all that for him, I think you have to do it. And we'll see if they actually can beat that offer. My guess is they can't and they might have overplayed their hand, and then he might wind up having to come back to this team next year, and we're looking at the same second-round disappointment every year after year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would I would try to see if the Blazers would be willing to let go of uh, C.J. McCollum. I think C.J. fits better on that Sixers roster than Simmons does. That would be a trade that I'd be happy for, for the uh, Sixers to go after. If I was yeah, I think I think that makes a lot of sense too. Uh, I think they're him and Brogdon are pretty similar. Uh, I'm not sure why the Blazers would do that though, because I'm not really sure how Ben Simmons really makes them a better team over over CJ. But mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see how that goes. It should be a wild free agency and trade summer this uh, upcoming couple of weeks. So I can't wait for that. We'll have plenty of shows. But that is going to do it for us here on the All Hoops Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, Chris. As always, great to talk basketball with you, my friend. And we'll be, back in, uh, we'll be back next week to talk about what's going on in the NBA Finals. Sounds good, Stevie. Take care, everyone.